If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. All right. Now we're in Romans 11, and this is a, we're going to walk through this book, this chapter, I should say, slowly. Um, I think the guys panicked in the back when they saw the amount of scriptures that I gave them. And I told them, probably not going to get through all this tonight, so relax. We're going to take our time through this chapter because we need to walk slowly through it because it is often misunderstood. It's one of those, Romans 9 and both Romans 11 are often misunderstood. And so I'm going to help bring some understanding to you tonight. Are you, are you ready for some understanding? Yeah. Why don't you just li- lift your hands? I want to pray over you. Uh, what the apostle prayed in the book of Ephesians, that God would, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to you who believe? Which he worked, which, uh, I should say, according to his power, according to his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in that which is to come. And he, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. This is glorious, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Will you receive that tonight? In Jesus' name, amen. Romans chapter 11 and verse 1, I say then, has God cast away his people? And he's speaking of Israel. Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. So Paul's saying, if God cast away Israel, I'm hopeless. <laughs> but no, he, he has not done that. Wow. God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars, and I alone am left. Poor Elijah was just having a little bit of a pity party, Okay. That's, that's what was really going on. I alone am left. I'm the last standing prophet, and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? I have reserved for myself. This thing isn't all dependent on you, Elijah. Don't you remember I am the God of Elijah? All right? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal or Baal. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And this is where Calvinism goes insane. All right? Because they believe by this verse of Scripture that there is a remnant of people that are elected by the grace of God. And God has preordained and predestined some to be saved and some to be destroyed by everlasting fire. What a sad, sad, sad interpretation of this scripture. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of what? Grace. Whoa, okay, let's stop for just a moment. Now, I want to say this. The election of grace does not mean that God only elected a certain number of Jews, okay? Run over to Romans chapter 1 for a moment. 
verse 16. You know this verse of Scripture, but I'm going to give a couple other Scriptures here so we can, we can get a little broader picture of the grace of God and the gospel of God. Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for who? Everyone. For who? Everyone who what? All right, now it's the power of God to salvation for believers, for those who will believe it, right? I mean, we know that somebody can hear the gospel and not believe it. They're not going to experience its power. Faith is what gives you the access to that power. It's what causes that power to come alive in you, bursting to life. All right, remember God gives grace, we give faith. Yeah. All right, God gives grace, we give faith. And those two work together. Amen. God, it is the power of God to salvation to everyone for the... Who? Jew first. Jew first. Salvation is to the Jew first. And also, for the, I'm glad it has an also in there. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be pitiable, most pitiable among all men. But it's, also, it's for all of us. But it's for the Jew first. Salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first. Does that mean that for every Jew? Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. Does that mean for every Greek? Yes, remember the first word is everyone, and then he, yeah. he says who that everyone is, all right, for every Jew and every Greek, Jew first. That's why Paul always went to the synagogue first to deliver the gospel to the Jews, and almost every time he got rejected, then he would go to the Gentiles, all right? So, so then, now run over to the book of Titus. I love Titus. Short, little, powerful book. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to, oh, oh how, where's, well, well, who, how many? Oh, wow. So it's the power of God, salvation to everyone who believes in this grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to oh, wow. all men. Now let's, with that thought, come back here for just a moment and see what Paul is teaching us here, all right? God so loved the world that he gave the world his only begotten son. Okay, so let's back up to verse 5 there again in Romans 11. Even so then at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. That is to those, those who are elected are those who have believed. See, God has done his part concerning grace. Are you hearing me? God has done his part concerning grace. But we don't, these Jews did not, received that election of grace until they believed it, all right? Just like anyone, anyone has the election of grace, really, but he's specifically talking about the Jews the moment they believe. We're predestined, we are foreknown in Christ. We're not predestined outside of Christ. God chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Do you understand this? So you get into that preordained uh, 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 vision of God or plan of God only in Christ. Yeah. All right. right. I know I'm giving you some. We're just throwing the steak out right now. We've <laughs> passed up the salad and the appetizers. We're just throwing the meat on the grill right now. Can you handle it tonight? Yeah. yeah. Amen. Oh, we need to go one more place. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I didn't give this to you of all the million scriptures that you have back there. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5. All right, let me think for a moment. Verse... Eighteen. 2 Corinthians 5, 18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through who? 
Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Next verse. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So God was in Christ. So from God's view, understand, from the view of grace, the whole world is reconciled. This is why it's ludicrous to think that God is angry at sin, that God is mad at the world for what's going on in the world. Now, through his, his choosing to give grace, not what we deserved, but what he wanted us to have, reconciled the whole world unto himself. We have to reject that by unbelief to not receive its impact. Get this. The whole world was saved through the Lord Jesus Christ. God reserved everybody a place in heaven. All they have to do is claim that reservation. And it's theirs. Everyone's names are already written there. The moment this happened, everyone's names were written in heaven. God had a place. He had a seat at the table for them. And all they had to do was call an RSVP. All right? That is call on the name of the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and receive it because the scripture later says to him who overcomes, I will, I will not blot out his name, which means his name had to already be there. And when we know that this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So in other words, it's saying to him who has faith. But if they show up without faith, the name gets blood. God's, God's done everything he can to get us to heaven. Yeah. All he's saying, you just have to believe now. Isn't this a great God that we serve? All right? Just so we all are clear on this election of grace. God has a written... So Paul was one of those guys. Peter, James, and John were some of those guys who believed on... They all had to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They all had to. Judas, well, he didn't. He had the opportunity. Let's go verse 6, Romans 11. You okay out there? And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Obviously, otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. Thank you for that bit of common sense, Paul. All right, what then? Israel has not obtained to what it seeks. Now, this is an interesting thing. What is it that Israel seeking? Israel has not obtained to what it seeks. Do you remember when Paul showed up? I believe it was in... Uh, it's in the book of Acts, I do know that, between one and chapter 1 and chapter 28. I can promise you that. <laughs> Where Paul came and preached the gospel to the Jews, and they rejected him, and he said, seeing that you deem yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we go to the Gentiles. That you deem yourselves unworthy. God deemed you worthy, but you deem yourself un unworthy. You know what they're really saying? They're really saying that they're rejecting the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Their worth to them was just that Lamb's blood that would simply cover their sin. So they rejected the ultimate blood sacrifice that said, no, your sins are not covered. They're washed away. They're taken away. And they just would not accept that because it didn't fit in their little mode of doctrine. And their little, it just didn't fit because then they'd have to give up all their works to obtain righteousness. This is what Israel was seeking after. 
righteousness by the law. That they could be made righteous by the law so that they could have self-worth. My God. So that they could determine their own worth by how many good deeds they did and how much of the law they kept. Not it doesn't even compare to the price of that blood, but wouldn't see themselves worthy of that, but only self-worth. This is what Israel has not obtained to, what it was seeking, righteousness through the law. Now go to Romans 1.17. Remember 1.16 said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, what in what? In the gospel, the righteousness of God. Not the righteousness of man. The righteousness of God is revealed how? From straightening up and doing right. No, from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Wow, this is good. They didn't attain to what they were seeking, which is none of what Paul is teaching here. They were looking for their own righteousness not the righteousness of God which comes through the gospel. But the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. Back to verse 7. But the elect have obtained it, and the rest were blinded. How did they obtain it? They obtained it by faith. That's the only way to, to get grace is to believe it, is to receive it, right? For by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. That not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. Look at verse 8. Just as it is written, God has given them a spirit, a, a spirit of stupid, or a stupor, I should say. Spirit of stupor. Eyes, watch. God has given them this. Now, God didn't just force that on them. When they rejected him, then he allowed them to go blind. He has given them a spirit of stupor. Eyes that should not see. Ears that should not hear to this very day, Paul says. And David says, let their table become a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense to them. Wow. Anybody want to sit at that table? I'll take the table of the Lord any day yeah. over this table of a snare yeah. and a trap. Yeah. Stumbling block. Stumbling block. What is that stumbling block? Well, we're going to back up to Romans 9 and dig a little bit there for a moment to understand what he's saying here. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. Stay with me. I'll give you a chance to swallow that piece of steak and we can move forward. Amen. This is good stuff. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. He says, what shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness. Man, what a slap in the face of religion is this. Right? While we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. We weren't pursuing God. He came and pursued us. They attained to righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. In other words, we attained righteousness not because we were doing anything we thought we could earn it. We just believed that Jesus did. Jesus earned it for us. Verse 31, but Israel, pursuing the law of righteousness, this is what we're talking about. This is what they have not attained. This is what they're seeking after and yet have not got the law of because they're pursuing the wrong kind of thing, has not attained to the law of righteousness. Though they are pursuing the law of righteousness, they'll never attain to it is what he's saying. It's dog chasing his tail. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith. But as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at that stumbling stone. 
as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Just tripping all over Jesus. Hmm? Wow. Stumbled at that stone. Well, I mean, we obviously saw that, right? We, we saw that. You read the Gospels, you see it clearly who was stumbling at Jesus, trying to, trying to catch him in all of his words, trying to trap him, trying to kill him, doing everything they can to stop this man in his ministry, right? Yeah. Jesus shows up and just began to stumble all over the place. Look at verse 10 of Romans 11. Amen. This is fun bouncing around, isn't it? Let their eyes be darkened so that they do not see and bow down their back always. Verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall uh, this is, again, the grace of God. Certainly not. But through their fall, to provoke them to jealousy, salvation has come to Gentiles. Wow. Now, if their fall is riches for the world, in other words, if God opened up this gospel to all of us because they just wouldn't receive it, if their fall is riches for the world and their failure riches for the Gentiles, how much more their fullness there's a time coming, but not yet. For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I magnify my ministry. If by any means I may provoke to jealousy those who are my flesh and save some of them. Remember, we read Paul's heart for, the, for his people in Romans chapter 9. I could even wish myself accursed so that my brethren would be saved. So I do this, I magnify my ministry to the Gentiles to get these guys jealous over what's going on that maybe they'll wake up and maybe they'll receive this gospel. He was kind of using us to get to them. <laughs> For if they're being cast away as the reconciling of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit is holy, which is them, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off and you, being a wild olive tree, oh yeah, yeah, some of you are wilder than others, <laughs> being a wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root, who's the root, and fatness of the olive tree, do not boast against the branches. But if you do boast, remember that you do not support the root, but the root supports you. Oh. Remember who we are. Remember who we are, Jew first, then us, right? Let's, yeah. keep the, let's not act like that we've excelled past the people of God, past the, the natural-born children of Abraham. We got in this thing, whew, thank God, by the grace of God, because we were grafted in because God would not yeah. do without us receiving this great salvation. If somebody rejected it, which is Jews, God said, all right, then I'm going to give it to the rest of the world. You will say, then branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well said. Because of, because of, oh, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. I'm sorry, this wasn't in the notes either, but I had to bring this one up to it. Hebrews chapter 4, we'll just start in verse, uh, verse, let's just start in verse 1. It's such a good chapter. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest, uh, let us fear 
lest any of you seem to have come short of it. The only thing you should be afraid of is not resting. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? For, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, speaking of the Jews, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That's what he's talking about. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. That's when you receive the power of this gospel, when you believe it, when you mix it with faith in hearing it. Amen. So that's what he's saying. So don't, uh, uh, that, mm, yeah, 20. Well said, because of unbelief they were broken off, and you stand by faith. Do not be haughty, but fear, for if God did not spare the natural branches, what does that say? Goes against my once saved, always saved thinking. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> For if God, I'm about to explain this, okay. For if God did not spare the natural branches, he may not spare you either. Therefore, watch, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail, severity, but toward you, goodness. If you continue in his goodness. Oh, otherwise you will also be cut off. What the heck is he talking about? It's kind of scary sounding. I want to make sure that I continue in his goodness. How do I stay in his goodness? What do I got to do? Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear fire. Is that how I'm going to stay in his goodness? Hmm? Keep the feast, the Sabbath, Become a Jew, what do I got? Get circumcised? What do I got? I'll do it, whatever. Just stay in God's goodness. No, no. Galatians 5, let's go there. I'm almost through. Man, you guys have eaten quick tonight. I'm hungry tonight. Look at this. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. You know what the yoke of bondage he's talking about is? Don't live like bastards. That's what he's saying. He just taught us in Romans in, in the previous chapter that Hagar, son, if you're a son of Hagar, you're a son of the bondwoman, you're a son of the law, therefore you are a bastard. You're an illegitimate son. But we're children of promise just like Isaac was, who received by faith. All right? You won't hear me say bastard very often, but we have kind of, this is what he's talking about. He's not talking about living a life, a life of sin, even though he does talk about that other places. He's talking about the bondage of righteousness by the law. Okay. Entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Verse 2. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. What he's saying is you believe, and then all of a sudden you think you have to maintain your righteousness by keeping the law, then Christ no longer is an effect in your life. Wow. Okay, watch. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. He said, if you want to follow the law, then you got to follow all of it. You don't just get to pick and choose what you want to do. If you decide to go after the law, you have to do all of it. Oh, man. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. Here we go. You have fallen from Grace. This is what Paul's talking about in Romans chapter 11. How were they cut off? Through unbelief. 
belief is your only access. It's how you stand in grace by faith. But if you all of a sudden begin to trust in your own efforts, in your own righteousness, then this salvation profits you nothing. That's what he's saying. You have fallen. I don't know how many sermons I've heard that people send their way out of grace. You can go so far, and all of a sudden there's no grace for you. Now, that's not what that's talking about. That's the only place Paul even says you fall from grace when you try to act like your good works will make you righteous. Wow. I don't recommend you sin. You understand that. I mean, don't. <laughs> but we've got to stay on subject here tonight, all right? Yes. And if you're sinning, stop. <laughs> all right. You have the power to do it by grace. Yes. Sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under law. You're under grace. Yes. Romans 12 yes. says, let us lay aside since seeing that we have. Oh, man. I got, to, I got to quote it right. Romans 12, I mean Hebrews 12, 1. Seeing then that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us. Just as sin easily besets you, you can just lay it aside. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. All right, that's a whole other sermon. But anyway... So he says, you have fallen from grace once you begin to depend on your own righteousness, your own good works. All right? You have fallen from grace. I mean, if there is a, a way, if it's possible, apparently this is the way to do it. If you just don't, if you just really want to go there, right? If you really, if you really decide, no, nah, you know, once I, I heard that gospel, and, but I got to think it. I got to think it. I think I can do this thing myself, right? You're crazy. So what is it? What's going on? Why is Paul talking about this? Why is he talking about this to us? Why is he saying this? Because, because there are these Judaizers who had come in and began to pervert the gospel of Christ and to teach them. Do I have time to do this? Jesse, you're going to hear a little repeat of what we talked about in class today. You guys are getting college education tonight. Praise God. Let's do it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 1. All right. Amen. I I, I really do need to kind of branch off of there. Branch off Come on, help. Maybe if you guys will give better in the offering, you'll get better jokes. That, that was a joke in and of itself, okay? Don't prove me wrong, tonight, or don't prove me right. Uh, next, next, next week, we'll finish out this chapter because I want to talk to you about the tabernacle of Moses, the tabernacle of David, and the temple of Solomon. I really don't have time to get into all that at this point. So I want to finish with this. Galatians chapter 1. Thank you, Jeff, for sticking with me here, man. I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Interesting. He calls this a different gospel. Why is he calling it the gospel? A different gospel. Anytime Paul said something other than the gospel, he would say heresy. He would say false teaching. He would say anything else. But he says to a different gospel. 
What gospel is he talking about? Verse 7, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, but even if we, or an angel from heaven, even if his name happens to be Moroni, <laughs> preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed, or in Texas term, let him go to hell. That's what he's saying. Let him burn in hell. All right? Who needs to burn in hell? The sinner. No, the guy who preaches another gospel. That's right. All right. That's what he said. Even if we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we've preached to you, let him be accursed. All right, let's continue. Uh, just in case you didn't get it in verse 8, church, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Have we got it now? Amen. How many of you think it's important that we stay true to the gospel Amen. and that we believe the gospel of Christ and that alone don't try to pervert it with some other way? What is this other gospel he's talking about that perverts the gospel of Christ? Verse 10. For do I not persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I get beat to pieces for preaching Jesus. Believe me, if I was to please men, this is not the message I would be preaching. This thing's killing me. Now to go to chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, verse, no, yeah, no, yeah. Galatians. Yes, Galatians 2, verse 1. Let's go there. You guys okay? Yeah, yeah. amen. I hope this is helping you. Verse 1, then after 14 years, I went again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and also took Titus with me. We read what Titus said earlier. And I went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which I preach among who? The Gentiles. But privately to those who were of reputation, lest by any means I might run or had run in vain. He's about to tell us who those were of reputation were. All right? Yet not even Titus was, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Of course not. Here this gospel preached. I thought, praise God, righteousness by faith. I'll take that any day. Yeah. All right? And this occurred... Because false brethren secretly brought in who came in by stealth to spy out our liberty. Do you understand what Paul is saying here? How, these guys that are coming in by stealth to spy out their liberty, do you know what they're looking for? Whether they be circumcised or not. Perverts. which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. That's what the doorkeeper did at the temple, by the way. You understand? David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than be anywhere than dwell in the tents of the wicked. The doorkeeper was the guy who stood at the door and made sure every male that came in had the right to come in. Working in the nursery ain't all that bad now, is it? Huh? David said, but listen, David said, I'd rather have that job than be out of the, of the house of God. Right. All right? It's funny because us Gentiles are saying, I'd rather be a, you know, a worship song, sing about being a doorkeeper. I'm like, you don't want, no. <laughs> no, you don't want that job. Thank God. You don't have to have that job. All right. 
to, <laughs> to whom we did not yield submission even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Paul is making a big distinction, all right? And he's talking about the gospel of Christ versus this other gospel. But from those who seem to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. We're going to find out who he's talking about. God shows personal favoritism to no man. For those who seem to be something added nothing to me. Let me just say who he's talking about before we get there. Peter, James, and John. Who walked with Jesus. Who were in ministry with him for three and a half years. Wow. And Paul says, they seem to be something. They didn't add anything to me. I mean, if I'm in the room with Peter, James, and John, I have a feeling they're going to add to me. Right? I'm going to sit there and go, add to me. <laughs> Teach me, tell me the stories, man. Right? Paul says they added nothing to me. Here's why. But on the contrary, when they saw that the gospel for the uncircumcised had been committed to me as the gospel for the, oh, is he talking about another gospel here? The gospel for the circumcised was to Peter, and the gospel for the uncircumcised was to me. Hold on. Verse 8, for he who worked effectively in Peter for the apostleship to the circumcised also worked effectively in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, being Peter, and John, who seemed, they seemed to be pillars. Dude, they are on the foundation. Hello, I mean, come on. Their names are on the foundation. They seem to be pillars. Perceive the grace that had been given to me. They gave me and Barnabas. As a matter of fact, they didn't have anything to me. I added to them. They gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go to where? The Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Whoa. So it's really not for us to hear the gospel to the circumcised. It's us to hear the gospel to the uncircumcised. This is where the church gets all goofed up because you try to mix both things and they don't mix. I don't understand all that gospel to the circumcised. I'm thankful for that. I don't understand all that. I do know it's all founded in Christ, but there's something about them keeping that law that I don't get. And that Paul never wanted any of us to get. But these guys were coming in saying, okay, now that you're saved, that's great and everything, but you need to be circumcised, you need to do this and do that. And Paul said, that's perverting the gospel of Christ. That gospel is over there to the Jews. This gospel of Christ is all about faith in God. Period. Period. Uh, keep, no, 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 keep that up there. Verse 10. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. What's Peter doing? What was Peter doing? Well, am I going to say this? He was perverting the gospel. Watch. Now, when Peter came to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Verse 12. For before certain men came from James, he would eat with the Gentiles. Remember Peter, I kind of feel for Peter here a little bit though, all right? 
Because remember, he had to have the vision three times in the book of Acts, and he finally showed up at Cornelius' house after arguing with the Lord. And the Lord said, don't call common what I've cleansed. And finally ends up at Cornelius' house, preaches the gospel. First time he's ever been in a Gentile's house, and I'm pretty sure it was the last time he was ever in a Gentile's house. Because the door opened with Peter, and then he was back as the apostle to the circumcised, as Paul taught. And Paul said, thank you, I'll take your role now. I'll do a lot better job. So here's Peter. He's trying to enjoy the liberty, right? He's eaten with the Gentiles. What do Gentiles eat? I mean, come on. All the good stuff. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing those who were of the circumcision. What's he doing? He's perverting the gospel. All right? He gets up, runs away from the table. You know, the Gentiles are like, what's up? He sees all these Jewish men come in. Right? Peter's like, yeah, pagans over there. Anybody got a mint? All right, verse 13. And the rest of the Jews who played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with hypocrisy. Wow. It's like, it wasn't astonishing enough that Peter was carried away with it. Paul just couldn't get over that Barnabas was carried away with it. But when I saw that they were not straightforward, about the truth of the gospel. Wow. I said to Peter before them all, if you, being a Jew, live in the manner of Gentiles and not as Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live like the Jews? Hypocrite. Just stood toe-to-toe with the apostle Peter and called him to the carpet about the truth of the gospel. And we got to keep the lines clear, Peter. The gospel that is to the circumcised uncircumcised is not the gospel to the uncircumcised. But when I saw they were not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I said to people for them all, okay, verse 15, who, we who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but what? Wait, wait, go back. But by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus. We all got on this thing, in this thing the same way, that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, Peter, we want to remind you, no flesh shall be justified. But if, we, if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. 18, we're almost done. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, then I make myself a transgressor. In other words, I fall from grace. If I, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, go back to trying to maintain my righteousness through my own works, then I've transgressed. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. Verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And he finishes his rant with this. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. And Paul set the record straight. (laughs) I mean set it straight right there before everybody. All these guys who looked up to Peter and they heard the stories, heard about him walking on water, are like, whoa, that, none of that matters compared to making sure that we're believing the right thing. 
And we know that Peter received this rebuke because later on in Peter's epistle, he talks about Paul's writings. And he, and he says, some say his epistles are hard to understand. And he said, but then he said, as the other scriptures. And it was interesting, Peter authenticated Paul's own writing as that of scripture. Amazing. Amazing. So this is our, this is our heritage. And the Apostle Paul was willing to, to do anything to make sure that we got the message clear. We'll talk about the, the message, the gospel to the circumcised a little bit later because uh, we've got to look at the book of James some on that and then Paul's thoughts on that. They cannot mix and Paul taught us and obviously in, in Galatians 2, you don't mix the two. All right? Is this good? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you. Thank you for this great gospel. That God was in Christ reconciling the whole world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses against them, to them. But Lord, you've committed to us that same ministry of reconciliation. It's why we're here. As though Christ were pleading through us, be reconciled to God. Oh, God, that we would continually be compelled to share this great message, to plead with our brothers and sisters, our neighbors, our co-walkers, be reconciled to God. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe and all your house will be saved. Believe on him. Believe that he died for your sins and that he was buried and that God raised him from the dead. Believe that he is everything you need for salvation. He's your only hope to be free from the bondage of sin and death. We thank you, Lord, that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of yeah. sin and death. Hallelujah. You've called us out of darkness and into your marvelous yeah. light. We thank you, Lord, for illumination and revelation. The more we understand Jesus, the more we understand everything about God, everything about who we are. Hallelujah. Because we are in him, and as he is, so are we in this world, Lord. I thank you, Father God, that we stay Christ-focused. Lord, even as Paul said, that mystery that was hidden through the ages has now been revealed. That is Christ in us, the hope of glory, God. Help us to, to keep that Christ in me consciousness and awareness every day of our lives so that we will live in that reality, so that we will lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We will see ourselves as sons of, of God in the earth that the earth so desperately needs to be touched by, to be heard. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the truth of the gospel, that it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Hallelujah. You're so good to us, Lord. Thank you that we were grafted in. Thank you for that. Thank you that you chose us. You brought us into this covenant where we were strangers and aliens, foreigners to it at one time. But now we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And you're no respecter of persons. Mm. Thank you for your blessing upon all these here tonight under the sound of my voice. Whether they're here in this room or whether they're listening by podcast. I thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you give your angels charge over them to keep them in all of their ways. Thank you for the precious blood of Jesus that cleanses your people and covers their lives. Thank you that they are.
the body of Christ and members Man. individually and all of their yeah. function and gifting is for a perfect purpose, God. Man. Thank you that they go from here blessed of God, yes. strengthened yes. with Man. all might in the inner man. I thank Man. you, Lord, that they will both lie down tonight in peace and yeah. sleep. For yeah. you alone, O oh Lord, make them dwell in safety. All of their children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. And because they're established in righteousness, they shall be far from terror and from oppression. It shall not even come near them. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11 and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.